on this Sunday morning. We're going to read Acts 27. We're going to go from verse number 1. We're going to jump to 18 through 26. We're going to be speaking throughout this whole chapter, really. And so I want you to join with me. We're going to read from the NIV, New International Version. We're going to read from that there on the screens. When it was decided that we, somebody say we would, Luke is the writer here, that we would sail for Italy, Paul and some other prisoners, somebody say Paul was a prisoner, were handed over to a centurion named Julius who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. Paul is a prisoner. They are now on this first ship and they are making their way eventually to Rome. And we see what is about to unfold is that Paul and the prisoners are on one ship and they make it to a small island and then they are about to change ships to another one and this is a freighter this is one that is making their way it is full of grain and it is this is common at that time for these ships these large cargo ships to make their way and Rome needs the supplies they need the resources and so the prisoners have now they have gone from an island where they were safe and Paul gave them instructions and said, look, we need to stay here. I know I'm not a captain, but I've been, I, I, I've been on the sea a little bit. And I'm telling you, at the month that we are traveling, and it was probably, probably right around this time, if you would, the Day of Atonement, the feast is over. And, and it is now that late October, early November, into mid-November, what we would call it. And the weather is, is not friendly. They made it to an island. Paul says, why not stay here? But they didn't want to stay there because it wasn't convenient. There wasn't enough to do. It wasn't something that they wanted. So out of their desire for convenience, they began to make a way towards where they're supposed to go eventually. They did not want to wait. They, they didn't want to listen to Paul. They, they didn't want to hear him out. You're just a prisoner. You're just a missionary. I don't want to hear what you have to say. But verse number 18, verse number 18, they are now on the water. We took such a violent beating. The water is raging. This is what the Bible says, because we were exceedingly tempest tossed. And the next day, here we go, a violent battering from the storm, that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw the tackle overboard with their own hands. Verse number 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, listen to this, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. We gave up all hope hope of being saved. Verse number 21. After they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stands up before them, says, man, you should have, I love this about Paul. He says, you should have listened to me. Anybody ever have those moments? I told you so. I told you this was going to happen. Any mom and dads in the house today? I told you that was going to happen. I told you, I told you. This is what Paul, I love this. Paul's totally human, just like you and I. He says, I told you we should have never left. Y'all didn't listen to me. You didn't want to listen. 
You didn't want to hear me. But verse, verse number 21, as the screens are trying to get into my message here. But after a long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed. And you wouldn't have incurred this disaster and loss. But then he switches. Verse number 22, and he says, And now I urge you, keep your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve. Verse number 23. An angel to whom I belong, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And this is what he said. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And this is where we'll stop right here. This is what verse number 25 says. So keep your courage for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me so keep your courage for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me with the help of the Lord for the next few minutes on this Sunday morning I want to preach to you on this very simple thought Keep your courage. Keep your courage. I know we've worshiped together and we prayed, but one more time, would you join with me right where you're standing, right where you're watching? Would you pray with me right now? Lord, you see, you know, and you understand. There is nothing that surprises you. There is nothing that is hidden from you. And Lord, today, I pray your anointing. I pray your favor. God, I pray right now upon your people. I pray, God, that you would remove error from my mind and from my mouth. Help me to speak what you want me to say, God. It is you that makes the difference and only you. And we pray for that difference to be made on this Sunday morning. We pray with faith and expectancy and gratefulness. In Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody shout his name. Jesus. You may be seated. Keep your courage. The Bible shows us in Acts 27, it starts out as you and I just read together that Paul is a prisoner. Paul is a prisoner. He and Luke and others are there on this boat. There is 276 of them that are on the boat. But what I love is that Paul understood what we just sang a few minutes ago was that he knew who he was because he knew who his God was. Paul is a prisoner, mind you. I need you to understand this. However, Paul has no problem speaking up about what his thoughts and opinions are about the journey. As the captain, as the workers, the employees there on the ship are talking about sailing, Paul makes his way, though he is a prisoner, Dana, he has the confidence of the God that has created him. He approaches every situation. I need somebody to get this. He approaches every situation, not by his dilemma. He, he approaches every situation, not by his challenge. He approaches every situation, not as a prisoner, no. He approaches it as a child of God. 
He didn't walk up and say, yeah, I know I'm a prisoner, but let me tell you what I think. No, he walked up and said, let me tell you what I think because I've been through some things. This isn't the first boat I've been on. This isn't the first storm that I'm going to go through. And I've come to tell somebody here today, you need to stop approaching every circumstance in your life by the circumstance you are in. Hear me. I know you're a prisoner, Paul, but that doesn't mean you got to be silent. I know you're battling some things, but that doesn't mean you got to be quiet. Somebody needs to get it. I, I, I know you're struggling in some things, but where you are at does not define you. I know you might walk around with some shackles, Paul, but you're a child of the God. Oh, hear me. You're a child of the God that has created all things, the heavens and the earth. He understood it. He, I know I'm shackled. I know I'm a prisoner. I know I'm just another name on roll call. But I wouldn't do that if I were you. Who are you to speak? I've just been some places. We will come to find out that Paul has shipwrecked three times. Now here's the thing, this can go one of two ways. That's either the guy that you want with you because of his experience, or that's the guy you don't want because every time he's, he's there, something's gonna happen. But he speaks up and they're like, uh, let's talk to the owner, let's talk to the captain. Now they're ready to go. They don't want to stay on this island because there's not enough to do here. And at this period of time, the weather was so bad, you just, you just, it's a risk. You don't really want to sail. The weather is not favorable. However, if you're the owner of a boat, you know that if I make it through, Jeremiah, on the business side, I'm going to get double. On the business side, all of the goods that I have with me are worth more because I made it through when other people didn't want to make it. However, can I tell you that it may be wise to listen to the advice of somebody that has been through it before. It may be wise to listen to somebody that isn't motivated, hear me, that isn't motivated by selfish gain, that isn't motivated by their own ambition, by somebody that isn't there because their intention is to see what they could add to their life. No, I need somebody that I'm gonna listen to that has been there before, that says, listen, what I'm telling you isn't about me, it's to protect you. Oh, I, I want to do things my own way. I want to do things my own way. Well, there's a consequence for that. You just made it through, Uriel. You just made it through that first voyage. and You made it to the island safe. But now you want to take it a whole nother route. And the man of God is telling you, don't go that way. Don't do it. Now is not the time. I know I'm a prisoner, but don't do it. No, we'll chance it. We'll make our way. Can I tell somebody here today? It's not the devil and it's not God. Often, it's simply a bad decision that we make that puts us in the predicaments that we are in. Uh-oh. I would love to, oh God, God, you are designing this storm. I just told, I just told my man, I just, you got a missionary on the ship. I had him tell you, don't go. You don't want to listen. Sometimes it's just a decision that we're making. Can I help somebody today? It's just a decision that maybe you need to evaluate before you continue on that journey. And Paul, Paul tells him, but again, 
He's submitted to whatever they decide. And so as they make their way, they say, look, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, bro. Go have a seat. He goes on his way and has a seat. And they start making their way. And the Bible shows, it says, man, it looked good when they first started. This is verse 13. You don't have to put it on there, but this is what verse 13 says. When the south wind blew softly, somebody say softly. Supposing, check this out, that they had obtained their desire. It looked good when they started. Putting out to sea, but check what this says in verse number 14. But... Not long after, a strong wind came, hurricane-like, and it began to blow. And the ship that they were on, this, this freighter, this was made for cargo, this was made for resources. This was not the type of ship that you wanted to be on. This is not one that could handle all of the storms and all of the water the way that you would want to be able to navigate. However, this is where they are at. And the Bible says that the winds begin to blow, that it begins to get violent and it begins to rage. And now all of a sudden they are second guessing their decision. And now they're saying we should have listened to the missionary. We should have listened to Paul. We should have listened to that man when he told us. And I can see Paul just sitting with his arms folded. People throwing up, getting seasick. They start throwing off the cargo And I could just see Paul with his arms folded. I told you. I told you this was going to happen. Anybody ever been like that? Or know somebody like that? Fold their arms, just look at you, say, yeah, I told you this was going to happen. Should have listened to me. They start throwing off the cargo and the Bible says they throw off the tackle and they begin to remove things that were at one point a necessity. Because when it's violent and when the waters are raging, you start to let go of things that were at one point valuable. Because when you make the wrong decision and you put yourself in a predicament like this, you begin to get rid of what at one point you made sure was on the boat. You knew it was important, you knew it mattered, but but, but, but now because of the situation, you start throwing things away. I can do without that, I can do without that, I can do without that, I'll let go of that, I'll compromise this, I'll compromise, I gotta let go of that. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to survive. It gets so bad they're letting go of of everything that they possibly can to release the weight. They are now trying to put ropes underneath to try to tighten, to try to strengthen their ship, to try to make it through. And now you can hear them crying and yelling and you can hear some screaming and you can hear some being angry and you can hear all of those things that are taking place. And then finally, in verse number 20, this is not just any passenger, but Luke is the writer here. And it says, now, when the sun and the stars appeared, when they didn't appear for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. I felt the Lord impress upon me this morning for someone here today. I'm not trying to pick you out, but this is more than just for one person. This is where some have found themselves, where the storm is raging. 
There is no guide. They would look to the stars. There is no guide. The sun and the stars cannot be seen. And this is Luke. This is a disciple, a believer. This is somebody that's a churchgoer. He is telling you and I, we gave up all hope. This isn't just anybody. This is somebody that has seen things. This is somebody that knew things. This is somebody that experienced powerful things. But in the middle of the storm, when it's raging and when it's violent and when you can't see a way out, he says, we gave up all hope that we would ever be saved. This is it. In this storm, this is where I go down. This is it. This is where I die. This is where I perish. This is where I let everything go. There's no way I can make it out of this. But the Bible says in the very next verse that Paul, the same one that was giving him eyes, the same one that said, I told you so, he steps up. And he stands up and he said, but after a long abstinence from food, they weren't eating. I'm sure a lot of them were seasick. But Paul, this is what he says. He stands up before them. He says, you should have listened to me. Then you would have spared yourself some of this loss. But I need to encourage somebody. Paul doesn't stay there. It is so easy to highlight the mistakes of somebody else and magnify it and give it more monitor and turn up the volume. You should have listened to me. Let me tell you why you should have listened to me. That's easy to do. But Paul gives this powerful example. He doesn't stay there, John. He acknowledges it. Y'all should have listened to me. However, I'm not just going to give you a reason why you should have listened. I'm about to give you some reassurance. I'm about, I, I know how you feel. Luke, I know as you're pinning these words, you've heard the people in the ship talk about, we ain't going to make it. This is it. Never going to see my family again. Never going to see my friends again. Never going to have the dream that I had is dead. It's gone. But Paul steps up and says, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not just going to give you a reason. I'm not just going to be negative. I'm about to give you hope. Verse number 22. But now I urge you, keep your courage. I've come to tell somebody that right now, in the middle of raging waters, in the middle of a failing relationship, in the middle of struggle mentally and emotionally, in the middle of circumstances that you cannot control, and all you know is, I feel the Holy Ghost today, all you feel is the raging water. When you look up, you see darkness. There are no stars, there is no sun, there is no hope within you. However, keep your courage. Keep your strength in the middle of pain. Keep your joy in the middle of trial. Keep your hope in the middle of trouble. Keep your courage. I don't see a way out. He said, keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. For somebody that's made a mistake in their life, all you have heard is the reasons why you messed up. All you have heard is the reasons why there's consequences. I feel this so strong for today. The Lord has impressed this for somebody today. It may not be everybody, so I apologize. But for those that it is, please hear me. The Lord wants you to know he has not come to ridicule you. He has not come to embarrass you. 
He has not come to make you feel less than because the choice that you made that wasn't the right one, that, that now you're, there's consequences and things you're dealing with and it hurts and there's pain and you don't see the sun and you don't see the stars, but God, but God has come and he's telling you, keep your courage. I see you, I know you, I care for you. I want you to... Don't take my word for it. Let's go to the word. Verse number 23. I don't want you to think this is just me preaching some emotional message. No, no, no. This is the word of God. That's what we preach. This is what the Bible said last night. Last night. Oh, hold on. Last night? Yeah. When the water was falling? Yeah. When I couldn't see the sun? Yeah. When I didn't know if it was, if it was day or night? Yeah. When all, I knew was, when all I knew was violent wind and rain? Yeah, that night. Last night, an angel of God. Angels are the ministering spirits. Who's in command of them? Angel of God. So hold on. Are you telling me that though I couldn't see my way out, God's eyes were on me? Hold on, hold on. So when it was, when it was raining and it was hurricane-like and I told you I gave up all hope, are you telling me that last night when I was feeling all of those emotions, last night when I was feeling like this is it and there's no way I go beyond today, are you telling me that God had eyes for me? Last night, last night, while you were feeling hopeless, God sent an angel of the Lord to me. The angel, the angel of God to whom he establishes it. Just to let you know, I know, I know I'm a prisoner, Dana. I know I'm a prisoner, but just think, oh, I know you and I haven't talked very much. I know you and I just been in this ship together and traveling and you're chained up and I'm chained up. But just so you know, Brother Keenan, just so you know, that's who I serve. The God, the God to whom I belong and the God to whom I serve. What are you saying? As they are journeying through Paul is establishing this. I might be locked up with you, but just so you know, I haven't forgotten who I am. I might, I might be locked up. <laughs> I might got some chains on me. I, I, I know they think that they got some plans for me, but just so you know, I know who I belong to. And last night, Last night when you were crying and last night when you were writing your farewell letter and last night when you were thinking this is where it ends, God, the God that I serve, the God that I belong to, he reminded me, I know exactly where you are, prisoner. I know exactly where you are, shackled up. I know exactly where you are, struggling. You thought, you thought, you were just wandering aimlessly in the water. But the God that you and I serve directs the wind. The God that you and I serve directs, directs the waters. The God that you and I serve. And while you thought it was over, God sent an angel to me. 
Oh, I want somebody to be encouraged today. I don't know what it is you're facing. I don't know what it is that is weighing you down. I don't know what it is that is so dark that the sun and the stars cannot shine through. But I can tell you this, God knows where you are. I can tell you this, he has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He has not abandoned you. You're not on that boat alone. You're not in that struggle by yourself. An angel, an angel came up to me and I just got to share with you what he told me. Verse number 24, he told me in the middle of the rain and the hurricane, he said, uh, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Why is that important? What he was letting him know is like, look, this is to encourage somebody. I know right now it feels like it's the worst. I know right now it feels like it's horrible and it's so bad. I know you're hungry. I know you're seasick. I know you can't stand anything or anybody. But just so you know, you must stand before Caesar. Just so you know, you're getting through this. You mean, you mean despite how I feel in my body, you're getting through this. You mean despite the sickness, you're getting through this. You mean, you mean besides and in, in spite of the fact of my relationship is in the state that is in, you're getting through this. You're getting through this. He told me the angel of the Lord came and said, Paul, you're gonna stand before Caesar. I know it looks bad right now, but this ain't how it's gonna end. I know it looks tough right now, but this ain't how it's going to end. I know it feels like you are losing everything, but this is not the end. And Paul, because you could see how somebody would take that message and say, oh yeah, he was talking to you, Paul. He was just talking to you. But I love how Paul added what the angel said. <clears throat> Cleared his throat and then he's like, and, <clears throat> and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So are you telling me that because of Paul having a promise, I want there to be a mom and a dad that gets a hold of this. I want there to be a young man or young lady that's living for God all by themselves to get a hold of this. I want there to be a, a person that is just brand new. You don't know anything about God. You don't know anything about the church. It's just you. And you walked in serving God solo. But God has graciously given you the lives of all those who sail with you. Because you have a promise, there's a benefit coming for those that are traveling with you. Because you have a promise, I know you're 19 and you're living for God all by yourself, but because you have a promise, there's a benefit coming for those that are with you. You, th you, thought, you thought you were just a prisoner. You thought God wasn't listening and God wasn't hearing you. But God has come to tell you, not only am I doing something in your life, but because of your promise, I'm going to do something for your children. I'm going to do something for your family. I'm going to do something. Yeah. 
Somebody living for God all by themselves. You didn't know how it was going to work out. It was just prayers. It was just prayers. But look what God has done. Look what God has put together. How is that possible? I just made it through. Every difficulty, I just stayed with him. Every challenge, I just kept believing. Every struggle, I just knew it's not going to end this way. He knows where I'm at. Verse 25, and he looks back at him and he tells him what he tells him and then he ends with verse number 25. He says, so keep your courage. I'm sick. I'm tired. Keep your courage. I'm, I'm going through some troubled times today. I barely made it to service. Maybe you didn't and you're watching online. I don't know how I... Keep your courage. Why? Why? Where does that come from? For I have faith in God. Before we ever go to the next verse, this is what the Bible says. I'm not preaching something from, 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 from some, something man-made. This is what the Bible says. I have faith. Where does that courage come from? Where does that confidence come from? How can you have strength in pain? How can you have strength and joy in the middle of everything falling apart? How can you? For I have faith in God. So it doesn't have anything to do with me being sick. My faith's in him. It doesn't have anything to do, Leo. It doesn't have anything to do with my ability, my talent, my resources. My faith is in God. Yeah, but look what it looks like. No, 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 you're missing it. My faith is in God. But your trouble, and look at your family, and look at your background, look at your reputation, look at your finances. No, 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 no. My faith isn't in any of that. My faith is in God. So I'll keep my courage because my faith is in Him. And He adds to it. I won't be too much longer, but He adds to it. And that it will happen just as He told me my faith is in him and it's going to happen just as he told me God knows where you are when you can't find him yourself God knows where you are in the middle of whatever it is that you have felt yourself surrounded by on this Sunday, he is mindful of it. The angel of the Lord was sent by God to minister to Paul, to encourage him, and Paul took that ministry and he delivered it to 275 other people. He took that hope and said, what, what God's given me is for you for you, for you. I know you walked in hurting today. This is for you. I know you walked in struggling today. This is for you. I know you walked in challenged today. This is for you. I, why? This is the word of the Lord and my faith is in him. He tells him, he tells him, you're not even, you won't, you won't lose a hair on your head. Talk about confidence. Your hair might get wet. This is for somebody. You're like, I'm drowning. What do you, what do you mean I'm going to lose, lose a, a hair on my head? No, it might get wet. But you're not dying here. I know it's been a struggle, but this isn't how it ends. 
And God is going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. The angel told me, we're going to lose the boat, but we're not going to lose our life. They take a hold of that word of God. And just a few verses later, you see them. The storm is still going. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean the storm. Just because you get the word of the Lord doesn't mean the storm stops. You, you, you have to, if for some reason your theology has been developed in such a way that you think because you serve God that you're never going to face anything, that's not how it works. You're, you're going to hold to the word in the middle of everything you're going through. In the middle of what doesn't make sense in the middle of what doesn't add up. And I'm holding to the word and it gets bad. And here, this is how bad it gets. They're letting go of things. And there are people that are saying, we're breaking out of this boat. We're getting out. There are soldiers, there are people says, this is it, man. We're cutting loose and we're going. And Paul walks up back to the captain and says, um, I just need to remind you, the word of the Lord was that if they stay in the ship, if they stay in the ship, if they stay in the ship, not if they go about and do their own thing. Not if they feel like there's a better way. Let me jump ship now. Not if they feel like, nah, this ship is done right now. No, no, no. We know what the word of the Lord is, but you can't leave like that. You don't leave and do your own thing. The word of the Lord said, you stay in the ship. I'll keep you. I'll protect you. I, I, I know you're not going to lose your life if you stay. Don't cut the rope and go do your own thing. He reminds them. They're, they're reminded, they're reminded. So they do the wise thing and they stay in the ship. And I can see them like, what do you mean? You said the ship is gonna run to ground. Paul's like, I know it is. That's what God said. That's what God said. However, we gotta do it by his instructions. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm staying with what God said. Your opinion don't matter. I'm staying with what he says. And they're looking at it and they're saying, well, I, I don't know how this is gonna happen. This, this is where we're at. Paul, verse number 33. And as day was about to dawn, thank you, Brandon. Paul urges them all to eat. It's been 14 days. We're talking weeks. Says you've been, I love, I love the words that are used. You've been in constant suspense. Thanks. I was gonna die, that's what you should have put. You have lived in constant suspense and you have gone without food. No, I was dying and I'm starving. That's the Modesto version. That's, that's the reality. But he stands up and he urges them all to eat and if you've ever been seasick, that's the last thing you wanna do. Take it from a fisherman. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I am not that fisherman. He says, now I urge you, take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you, I love this reminder, will lose a single hair from his head. I, I know that's Paul speaking to those men on the ship, but I feel like there's people sitting right here at Revival Church or watching at Revival Church, and there's things that you've been going through and things you've been battling today, yesterday, this week, this month, and you're like, I, I've been dying and I'm starving, but I've come to tell you there is food. 
You need this to survive. This word is for you this morning to survive. This word is for you this morning to survive. Why? Because this isn't how it's gonna end. You're not gonna lose the way the enemy's telling you you're gonna lose. And what happens? Verse number 35, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. He takes a moment in the middle of their most difficult, most challenging season of life. They all thought they were dying. We read it together, Luke, and we have lost all hope. That's it. That's where they're going to die. However, Paul says, here's some food. I can see him almost a little giddy. Cheesy almost. Smiling. They're all sick. They're upset. They're starving. They're dying. And he says, uh, before we do anything else, I just want to take a moment and thank God. I just want to take a moment and allow there to be an influence of gratitude in the middle of this season. I know, I know this is challenging, but as I sit back, as I take a moment in this difficulty, before we do anything else, I just wanna thank God that I have this opportunity. I just wanna thank God that I'm still sitting in this boat. I just wanna thank God that I still got the strength to talk. I just wanna take a moment with gratitude on this Sunday morning and let the Lord know that I'm still I'm still believing. I'm still grateful. I don't have everything I want, but I want to say thank you. I don't have everything that I desire, but I want to say thank you. I know this, this, this situation is challenging, but I'm going to stop in the middle of it. And I'm going to thank God on this Sunday morning. Would you stand with me all over the sanctuary as we come to a close? And this is what the Bible says that he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of all of them. And then he broke it. He didn't wait for anybody else to eat. He broke it and just started eating. He gave gratitude and then began to eat. And notice what the next verse says. They were all encouraged. The influence of gratitude right here in this moment, in the middle of the most challenging circumstance, in the middle of a difficult week, I showed up to lift my hands with gratitude to a God that sees me when I can't see the sun to a God that knows where I'm at when I can't see the stars and I take a moment to lift my hands in the middle in the middle of my fatigue in the middle of my sickness in the middle of my weariness in the middle of my frustration in the middle of things that I can't understand or control but when I take that time to lift my hands on a Sunday morning with gratitude I begin to encourage it's the influence of gratitude it wasn't that they ate and then they were encouraged. The Bible says they were all encouraged and then they ate. The fact that Paul, in the middle of struggle and challenge, would take time to express gratitude on a cold November night where they were, and it would give an opportunity 
for men and women to be encouraged. Paul, you've been shipwrecked three times, but you're still lifting your hands with gratitude. You've been beaten, you've been whipped, you've gone through some tough days. You've gone through doctor appointment after doctor appointment. You've, you've seen the, the, the bad report after bad report, but still on Sunday morning, you showed up walking into the church, lifting your hands, expressing gratitude. That encourages me. That, in, that encourages me. That strengthens me. And the Bible says, for those that may not know, that they begin and they begin to almost come to land and the instructions are given. It was the soldier's plan, verse number 42, to kill the prisoners so that none of them could escape. But verse number 43, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and he kept them from carrying out their plan. And so he ordered those that could swim, jump overboard, you go first. You go first in verse number 44. And the rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. And this is how it ends, in this way. Everyone, everyone, everyone reached land safely. Paul, I know you came to church and I know you're just a prisoner. But I've been watching you. When you couldn't watch the sun and you couldn't watch the stars, I just wanted to remind you. And I waited till everybody else gave up hope. And last night, while you were telling yourself, I'm done. Last night, when you were telling yourself, there's no use. There's no purpose. There's no plan. Why even show up on Sunday? Why even try? Why even make the attempt to live for God? Why even? Last night, the angel of the Lord came. And there's a word that he's given you today. This isn't how it ends. You're going to make it through. An angel of the Lord came and he, and he spoke to me. And Paul stands and he shares these words to them. And he says, so... Though you're cold, though you're tired, though you're hungry, though you're desperate, keep your courage. Keep your courage. No life is going to be lost. Keep your courage. You're making it through this. Keep your courage, sir, ma'am, mama, daddy. Keep your courage. Young lady, you've just been praying. You've just been believing. You're new to God in your relationship with God. Keep your courage all over the sanctuary with your hands lifted you can close your eyes the ship is going to fall apart but I want you to know that I'm with you that every part of that ship I've also made it will now be a resource the enemy thinks that it breaking the ship will destroy you but what the enemy didn't realize is that I will cause you to float on what he thought he destroyed. What the enemy didn't realize is that you'll take the broken pieces because that is what God works with. 
pieces and fragments where nobody else sees and nobody else knows. Where I came to church and I wasn't even whole. I came to church and I'm broken. I came to church and I'm missing some areas of my life. But I didn't know. God said, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm going to use to take you to the other side. And everyone reached the land safely. So we begin to sing and worship. We entertain the presence of the Lord. But as we do that, I want to invite somebody today to keep their courage in the middle of challenge, in the middle of uncertainty. I can be influenced by uncertainty or I can be influenced by gratitude. And I can lift my hands in the middle of cold days, in the middle of challenging moments, in the middle of dark seasons. And I can be reminded that God that God knows where I am, that God has seen and understood what it is that has taken place. And last night when you thought this is it, when you thought hope is now lost, God came to give you a word to keep your courage, to keep your strength, to keep your joy. This isn't the end. You're gonna make it through this. But I'm broken and all I've got is pieces. That's what God will use. He'll use fragments. He'll use pieces to get, why? There's a purpose in Malta. There's a, I know, I know you're supposed to go to Rome, Paul, but before you get there, I got a purpose in Malta. I got a purpose in Malta. You're about to do something that you haven't done before. Just when you thought, why, why, why? Because there's a plan that I have that nobody else sees or understands. Keep your courage. As we begin to sing and worship together, I want to invite you. I want to invite you to a time of prayer. This altar is open. I want to invite you for some that you may not be comfortable. Maybe you just want to stay in where you are or kneel.